This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hello and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of the Theology Gaming Blog. And with me tonight, or today, or this morning, depending on when you're listening to this, are four special guests? I'm just trying to figure out if my math skills are here. Good. All right, good. Uh, we first, well, Justin just mentioned himself, so there you go. That's a, that's an, as much an introduction as I'll give you. Uh, we also have, <laughs> we also have Ted Loring, who just laughed. <laughs> I just laughed, revealing my identity. So this is this is Wild Man Ted, Ted Loring, and we had Jonathan Clausen, who has remained silent. Greetings and hallucinations to all. Hooray! And. We have a guest who is long in the coming and has not been here for a while, Yen Wang. How you doing, Yen? I'm I'm doing fine. Greetings from uh, Southeast Asia. Woo, Singapore for the win! Yay, wait, you're you're on. legitimately <laughs> wait. So you are you you are overseas. I thought you were stateside. So you are overseas. That's amazing. What time is it there? It's uh, eight thirty in the morning. Wow, it's eight thirty at night the here. Real deal. That's amazing. So it's already Sunday there, or it's already Friday, the Wednesday. It's Wednesday there. <laughs> I don't know what day of the week it is. What day of the week is it? <laughs> I'm still so screwed up for me three. It's my brain has not yeah. settled down yet. Well, That's awesome. Weather. Yen is bringing the international flavor to this podcast. So he's drinking coffee while I'm drinking beer. I love it. <laughs> I, I would like a beer in the morning too, but I don't think my mom would. <laughs> No, you would not be a very good teacher. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids. What, what What's a good beer out of Singapore? Or where, where are you? Where, where are you at? Jesus. I like Singapore. We, we have a local beer called Tiger, but I, I wouldn't recommend it. You wouldn't recommend wow. it? Okay. Wow. wow, I wouldn't. Yeah, but right. it's, it's pretty well publicized, and you'll get your seat everywhere. All right, I'll, I'll, stick with, I'll stick with my dogfish. Yeah, Singapore is an amazing food culture anyway, so I, I doubt he's of want of alcoholic <laughs> beverages of choice. But we're not here to talk about Singapore food, are we, Zach? No, we're not. <laughs> Although now you're making me hungry. Uh, mm-hmm. We're here to talk about... <laughs> How was that? Was that good? Yeah. That was, that was... I, was <laughs> I was trying to be all the instruments at the same time. It's not easy. No. Clearly not. <laughs> or good sounding, either. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we were going to talk about money. Bonk, bonk, bonk. Oh, well, I was going to yeah. come back in. Oh, but, okay. okay. But yeah. But we'll, we'll get there, Ted. Yeah, Thank we're you. good. We got it. We got it. Uh, so, money. Video games cost money. Money yes. is one of those things in Christianity that usually don't mix so good. Especially when you're basically paying for what amounts to an entertainment product. Well, I don't know. Back up there for a second. What do you mean Christianity and money don't mix well together? Well, Unpack that for me. Think of it in this sense. Uh, you can't serve two masters. God and money don't really mix so good. Especially if one takes priority over the other. I think if you mean money as a symbol of some other greater force in your life then yes money is a problem but if you're thinking right. of money in just a general sense like, if you think of it as a tool yeah like i need money to live right. because i live in a capitalist society then yeah that's that's kind of a different problem ah screw that man go live in the woods <laughs> go hunt yourself some wild boar you are not like the creators of sunset no no uh and i also don't post tweets like they do <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. You know, money is a tool. Uh, without money, hospitals aren't built. Universities aren't created. Um, money is something that can be used for good or for bad, can be used responsibly or irresponsibly. Yeah, like right. DLC? This whole thing of, you know, money is root of all evil. No, your love is. It's what you put behind it. So to say that, um, hey, um, don't click your tithe. Money is root of all evil. So don't click my tithe then. What you're calling what God asks us to do is now evil now. You know, it's kind of a ridiculous thing. So um, this, is, this is a slight passion point for me because uh, uh, 
uh, I think that the mentality of a lot of Christians has been kind of brainwashing to thinking that I am doing good spiritually because I am poor. <laughs> so um, it, it's 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 a it's a long winding kind of thing. So that's why so that's why I think that it's a good that you opened the way that you did that. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a First Timothy six ten. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. First Peter six ten. Oh man! So there you go. Dropping scripture on me now, huh, Ted? Well, you know, it just set the stage. <laughs> you you already said it. I was just I cited it and paraphrased it. That's how Paul wrote to his little <laughs> friend Timothy there. <laughs> so, when it comes to video games and money. What do you think about its use? Should it be a thing of budget concern? Should it be a thing where you just buy a game compulsively because it may contain some kind of dumb wristwatch accessory? Or a statue? (laughs) Who did that? Or maybe you donated to the Shenmue 3 Kickstarter campaign. Or maybe you got a claptrap in a box. Yeah, or maybe I doubt your sanity slightly for purchasing giant robot things that come with your video games. <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like you're talking about things beyond games there a little bit. Well, you can think of it just like games in general. Like, let's say you're in kind of the uh, AAA games, like, hype cycle. And you're like, everything oh, yeah. that comes out this fall, I must own. I'm excited about the next Call of Duty! Yeah. No. Or just add a console <laughs> on top of it, right? No. I mean, you need some pretty fat stacks to keep up with that kind of thing. Or you just need to not spend money on anything else. I mean, how do you break people out of like this cycle of buying everything new? <laughs> Which seems to be a thing, because you've got a hardcore gaming demographic that will buy anything that's set before them because of marketing dollars. Well, I mean, you, you take a look at what uh, what Bungie is catching a lot of heat for this week with the announcement of the Taken King expansion. It's coming out later this year in September. Yeah, isn't it like no, forty dollars? Well, I'm a huge Destiny player. I've got three light level thirty four characters. I'm, I'm I, I consider myself fairly fluent in the game. Uh, the way it's breaking down as of today, and they will probably change this because they're getting a lot of crap. Um, <laughs> is if you want to get and, and you're, you'll laugh at this. This is about as dumb as the horse armor uh, from 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 uh, Oblivion back in the 360 days. <laughs> horse armor is not dumb, <laughs> right? Okay, so the the there's three class specific emotes. You know, little dance moves or you know, like golf clap type things your character can mm-hmm. do in the game. The only way to get those currently is to buy the. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I think it's $70. I know it's 70 pounds. I don't know what that is in dollars uh, off the top of my head. But the idea is, is the only way you can get those is if you buy the $70 collector's edition, which comes with a few physical goods, t- uh, art book, uh, a model of the strange coin currency, uh, but also with it comes the core game and the two previously released expansions. So you're essentially buying content that you've already got. The only thing in-game that you're getting that's different are some emotes and some exotic items that boost your experience. And that's it. That's all you're getting. If you buy just the expansion, you don't get those things. That's it. And Luke Smith, the uh, the creative director for, for Destiny, uh, is like, I think that's a great value, which I find extremely ironic because when he was, hosting the pod- when he was co-hosting the podcast back with 1UP, uh, early 2000s, he was one of the largest people who was outraged by oblivion's horse armor and here he is doing the same thing that freaking hypocrite yeah it doesn't excite me or motivate me to want to do that but and neither does exclusive uh missions or things that are when a new system or a new game is coming out on a system exclusively for uh, early release or whatever and tomb raider you get you get an extra mission you know that doesn't yeah. do much and for me the extra mission is always like terrible yeah if, if <laughs> with, i want to play yeah, a game destiny. i'll just play the game yeah with destiny there's like uh there's always like uh, an exclusive strike which is like a three-player mini raid and they have a few exotic uh weapons that are exclusive to playstation for the first year and you know call of duty has done the same thing for xbox for for years up until this year when they saw the sales figures and they were on the stage with sony this year which blew a lot of people away yeah and eh, no, not bro. expected though 
yeah, it wasn't unexpected. They they know which way the consoles are going. Um, Who would have thought the PS4 was going to become the dude bro system? It it is the dude bro system because yeah, it's about games. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Uh, but I mean, the, the funny thing is, is that you know, for those of us who are old enough to remember the days of the Atari and the NES, games are technically cheaper than they were back then. They, they really are. I agree with that. Yeah. Because I mean, it, I mean, t- t- I mean, uh, you know, if you read Eric Kane, who's one of my favorite guys over at Forbes, he he pointed out a couple of in- interesting statistics. In 1994, it cost about two forty nine to buy a twenty ounce box of Oreo cookies. Oh yeah. Last year, it cost four forty nine to buy a fourteen point three ounce box of Oreo cookies. So I mean, inflation changes, and if you look at, uh, let's see, who did the breakdown? Oh yeah. Uh, and then Ars Technica did an article back in 2010. Actually, it was Ben Kuchera, who's now the op-ed director over at Polygon. Like, uh, for example, Streets of Rage in 1993 was $64.99 uh, on sale. And today that is $98.19. Or at least it was in 2010, so it's probably more expensive today. Yeah. And, and, and just to give you an idea, in 1986, how much did the original NES launch for? I want to say three hundred. If I one ninety nine, one ninety nine. Really, it was one ninety nine in nineteen eighty six. Today, that is worth uh, four hundred twelve dollars. Woo! Mm-hmm. Expensive. And, and then the original three DO in ninety three launched for seven hundred. Today, that's uh, just shy of eleven hundred dollars. Three DO. Three DO. But here's here's the one that'll blow you away: the Atari twenty six hundred. Does anyone remember what its original launch price was? Ninety-nine dollars. Nope. Close. One forty-nine. No, actually, no, it wasn't. It was two hundred. It was one ninety-nine. Oh, okay. Nineteen seventy-seven dollars in two thousand fourteen. That was worth seven hundred and ninety-six dollars. Wow! No wonder my parents didn't get me one. <laughs> I'm looking at her now. Now, though, hello, little beauty. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and and Eric Kane made made a, made a great point that as as while the cost of games has gone down, the cost of game development has skyrocketed. Yeah, Certainly. which is Immensely. budgets have increased. Which is why most of game development costs are recouped through upselling. Basically, exactly. DLC is yeah. upselling. You know. like, right, and everything is designed in a way to get you to buy more. Uh, we see a lot of that with freemium games, uh, like Simpsons Tapped Out, Clash of Clans. Hearthstone. Hearthstone. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Hearthstone, Zachary, uh, why don't you... Uh, Heroes read- of the Storm. Yeah, how much have you spent uh, to Activision Blizzard? Uh, in the past, how long? Uh, let's say six months. <sighs> six months. We're definitely uh, coming to a four-digit mark somewhere. Whoa. Close. Getting. What? Getting there. yourself. Well, what? you got you to roll in uh, the WoW subscription, too. So. Wait, so you spent more on Hearthstone than on WoW? Yeah, yeah. You're you're counting the decimal, right? I'm counting the total amount of money spent on Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, and so, World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Yeah. So this podcast is an intervention. Uh, not really. <laughs> These are really the only three games I've been playing, so I wouldn't consider them bad investments. Considering, yeah. Why don't you ask him? Played. Yeah, and you should ask him what he's buying in Hearthstone with all that money. Do you do you buy the Heroes, the, the new hero releases. Oh no, no, I didn't buy those. The hero skin, because I have friends who bought the new hero skins, and those are those are just a pure cash in, right? Yeah. Is it, is it ten US? It's yeah, it's nine ninety nine for basically what amounts to a new photo. It no new cards. Animated photo, as an animated photo. Yeah, yeah. a little oh, animated new, thing. It's like buying a golden new, portrait. And new emotes, you have yeah. So the emote thing is a trend here too. Um, uh, <laughs> But I've been playing nothing but Hearthstone for the past two years, and I spent nothing. Yeah, you spent nothing, which is different. <laughs> Good job. So, yeah. what does he do? He just doesn't get stuff as as quickly as you do, Zachary. Is yes. that the deal? Basically, yeah. free game. You know what is it? It's not really pay to win. It's basically free to play. But basically, free to play games operate on the model of basically time spent versus money spent. So yeah. if you want to accelerate your ability to play with all the options in the game, let's say all costumes, all this sort of thing, then you can either get them over time or you can spend this initial lump sum to get a lot of this stuff. 
So if you play Hearthstone, for example, right? Mm-hmm. The game right now, as it stands right now, has two adventures, which have a 30-card number into them. And then they also have the basic set and the expansion set. So basically, they have to introduce content at a rate at which people who play for free will eventually fall behind. <laughs> yeah. And and it, it should be noted, there are different types of, of free-to-play games. You have the ones that are just time walls, like uh, Candy Crush, for example. Yeah. Uh, you simply cannot progress in the game unless you pay. Clash of Clans is like that, too. You simply... I played that for maybe about six months, and I hit a point where if I was going to get my, my base and my walls and everything above a certain level uh, without staying on the app 24-7 to prevent jokers from coming in and, and raiding my village and destroying everything and stealing all my freaking gold, I would have to uh, I would have to pay real money. And I'm not doing that. Although I spent an embarrassing amount on Simpsons Tapped Out, but that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> Those donuts, man. I got to get Barney's bowl of rama <laughs> but, I, I like Simpsons. I like Simpsons. But, but yeah, I eventually deleted Simpsons Tapped Out, and it's gone. And when I was at E3 last week, I actually met one of the devs on Simpsons Tapped Out, and I was telling him about all this. And, and he's he, and I told him I eventually deleted it, and he asked me, "Well, why did you delete it?" Just out of curiosity, I'm like, "I spent so much money on that game, I had to cut myself off. I just couldn't do it anymore because I had to." Every time you guys freaking release something, especially because they would do this thing, they did a brilliant thing when they had. There's always a seasonal thing like Halloween. Valentine's Day, things like that. They have these little in-game contests. And if you collect all these things like candy corn, et cetera, et cetera, you get these premium items. But if you don't get them in time, you can spend real money to catch up to everyone else. (laughs) Yeah, see? It's always the catch-up. Like, if you don't get in on the ground floor in these kinds of games, you always get screwed over. Yeah. I've been been looking at microtransaction games for a while, and I've been playing Hearthstone for two years, and on and off I've been playing other microtransaction games. Um, and I'm actually more concerned about them than our platform games because the way they, they, they use all this psychological stuff to get people to pay, end of the day, you're going to spend much more money on your, on your microtransaction games, your freemium games, than, than I think on your average platform game. And already, I think I spend way too much on platform games. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about, about for example, if, if you're a Hearthstone player, if you're a Simpsons step-out player, you know, how do you manage this... Um, uh, in a way that you think is, is is both financially prudent and as well as 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 you know spiritually is this the wise thing to do? Hmm. Yeah, like like I'm, I I'm so against the philosophy of doing that because because of what it sounds like. So I guess my perspective is like you you are paid to cheat, and so everyone who everyone who's cheating almost you know to the progression is. Is doing better than the people who are not, I guess, cheating. Because if it's time and everything, it's like it's like back in the day, you know, in order to get um, that kind of progression that quickly, you had to go out and buy a game genie because you had to spend the time in order to unlock such and such thing. So to just kind of negate all that, to me, to me, from from my perspective, the time looks like almost like you're cheating. So everyone who's like you know cheating in order to get the time, in order to jump ahead of everyone else who's not. He's just putting in the time the way that it may be meant to be played or whatever, you know. It's like, I guess it would be meant to be played either way, but when I get weird philosophies like that, I, I completely just, I back out. Like, um, I'm to the point now where season passes and things like that, you know, like Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Xenoverse, play that game to death. Not a good game, but it's a lot of fun. But it's like, but it's like they have content on there that is only... It's like disc only, so I had to so I had to pay the season pass to download. So that rubbed me the wrong way so badly that I'm like, you know what? If I hear about that again, I'm going to wait until the game is uh, a GameStop. It's a pre-owned copy of that game. Yeah, Game and, of the Year edition, right? That's where you're waiting. Yeah, or Ultimate Edition, something yeah, like that. Whatever they yeah. call it. So yeah, so I might so I might so I might do that, or what I might do is if I really really want it now, I'll wait until somebody finishes it like in, like in a week or however they do, you know, get that copy so that GameStop gets my money, and then I'll go ahead and pay for the season pass because you're not going to get 
my, that much of my money at one point in time. You're not going to just kind of snake your way in there like that. So I'm just kind of like, look, you either get my season pass money or you get my retail, um, my retail um, day one copy money. I'm not going to give you both. So the whole thing is for like, me is just like principles behind this kind of like, don't, don't do that. And I the cost of gaming is, is, is very, very um, steep, but I don't know if it, it's kind of seems to be, I don't, see, I don't know whether there's this argument of, um, of um, how great it looks versus affordability and that having like the DLC and things like that in there, you know, like, I don't know who the graphics are because there's, I mean, they look great, you know, but at the same time, we're two million times where indie games are not gradually amazing and made at a great budget and everything, you know, and you get all this great content and everything, and it's a great service, but at the same time, you know, just look at all that great, but people are fine with it. So, well, I mean, let me ask you this, Justin, real quick. What, what to you defines a value for a game? Is it the time? Is it, is it the graphics? Is it the amount of playability or replayability? I mean, what for you defines value in a gaming experience? I think for me, it's time. It's how much time I can spend playing something that I enjoy. So, um, if the game can only, like, yeah, I think replayability, yeah, all time. So, replayability, um, the length of the campaign, the word may be, how much fun it is, just kind of go around and play with it and everything. Those things are fine place for me. Not anything with the, with the graphics or anything like that. For a long time and get the value of, of what I pay like 60 bucks for. I have a friend of mine. He goes by a principle of $5 per hour. So if he spends money on a $60 game, he's planning on getting uh, 12 hours worth of enjoyment out of it. Hmm. Or if he you know, buys a used game, if he feels like he bought a game for $20 and he played it for four hours, he feels like he got his value or his money worth out of it. I don't know where he came up with that formula, but... <laughs> I think about that sometimes when I'm looking at a, a game in a store or thinking of downloading one. Yeah, I yeah, think see, I make that kind of qualification when I kind of got into Hearthstone. When I initially went in, I only bought like $25 worth of stuff. <laughs> so it was kind of a slow process of figuring out how much am I going to play this game in the future. So yeah, how much longer into the future are you going to have to play this game to break even of your four <laughs> your, your four figure? I probably broke investment. even right now, honestly. I mean, I've been playing it like five months straight, and wow, I have that's amazing. Every legendary card, and I'm just slowly accruing all the other cards that I haven't no, but, gotten yet. But, but you don't need the legendary cards. No, no, you don't at all. I basically had hit the point where I could make all the good decks at about uh, $200. <laughs> so what is it about Gosh. these legendary cards? They're just fun. They're just... <laughs> legendary cards are basically like... Okay, so basically all card games revolve around, let's say, uh, rarities of cards. So there's a bunch of commons that everybody can get, opening up a few packs of cards, and then there's these super rare cards, which are called legendary cards in Hearthstone, but they could be called anything. It doesn't matter. They does, just, does it follow the World of Warcraft thing where it's common, uncommon, yeah, rare, exactly legendary? Same exact item gotcha. Same color, same color as well. Uh, yeah, same colors. Gotcha. Purple for epics and orange for legendary, that kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. And so they're just fun. I mean, there's technically no reason to have them all. <laughs> wait, 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 but you, you play Hearthstone not for not to be competitive player. No, I just play for fun, which is why legendaries are actually good for me because a lot of the you legendaries fun, are fun. And, and the game has entertained you for five months? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, it's rest, entertaining to rest, put Deathwing down, right? <laughs> Oh, when I was at E3, there was there was fourteen of us in a, in a loft down on the south side of LA in the fashion district, and about half the guys would sit around playing Hearthstone with each other the whole time, and the other half would play FIFA. But <laughs> <laughs> one or the other, right? Yeah, it so was, most guys don't spend four digit right on Hearthstone. I'm sure. Oh heck those, no! No, yeah, most of us who spend money on Hearthstone are those who are very serious competitive players. Um, we 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 want to make it into the top hundred. Um, at the end of the month so that we can get invited to BlizzCon to take part in the competitions. So these people are willing to put the money in because, you know, um, you've got to build the most competitive decks. But you only need like 200 I so would say build. about 200 max because really all you need to do is craft probably 
uh, Doctor Boom, Sylvanas, Ragnaros, and maybe a class legendary or two. Yen, are you a competitive player? I actually I'm taking part in a tournament this Saturday, uh, but I was. <laughs> uh, I'm a former. I actually retired from a while. I was doing what what we do in the past year or two is I'm doing community stuff in Hearthstone. I organize tournaments. I write articles. Uh, I do shoutcasting and uh, broad stream casting for tournaments. Um, that's basically what we been doing the past year or two in the Singapore community in Hearthstone. Um, and Hearthstone is such a rapidly growing game. It's it's uh, getting a lot of new players every week, every month. So it's, it's pretty exciting to see the community grow. But that also means that I've been not been touching my console and my PS3 for a really long time. I look at the PS4 and the store and like, oh, that's a nice thing to have, except I won't have any time to play any of these games. Yeah, so same should... problem here. <laughs> my consoles are just <laughs> gathering dust right now. Yeah. So, but, hey, Destiny. No. I have a question. I have a question too, because uh, I don't know anything about Hearthstone like almost at all. I just know that it's it's that card game. Um, yep. So, uh, so is 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 this something that you can actually download to your PC or whatever your platform or wherever it may be, or is it only on like a server, like a mobile server or something like that? No, it's it's a PC and. It was started as a PC game, uh, it then became released on iOS, uh, I think, middle of last year. And two months ago, it got released on the mobile platforms, and they're all synced, uh, provided you're on the same server. So when it, when it got released in mobile two months ago, the the, 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 the the popularity just shot up. All sorts of people are playing Hearthstone. I teach in a school, I think half my kids are playing Hearthstone, which makes me the coolest teacher in the school because I'm like the Hearthstone expert. Uh, <laughs> but i think i think another point to your question there is justin it does require a constant internet connection Uh, so if if, if you're in an offline mode like you're out of luck you have to be connected to the internet at all all times blizzard's games basically require an internet connection since starcraft 2 i guess yeah starcraft 2 doesn't require an internet connection you can play as a guest you can play as a guest Okay, so yeah, at least Diablo three, I think, mm-hmm. was the start of their always online thing. Unfortunately, yes. Uh, yeah, okay, and and I don't completely understand the enthusiasm for the game. I've not tried it either, but Ooh. I know that I have things that I'm enthusiastic about. So if I were to try to point a finger at you, I know that I can look right here at that Retron five that I just picked up <laughs> recently, or um, the Legend of Zelda. Oracle of Seasons boxed cartridge set that I saw at a at a game store. You know, I spent I spent some money too. Maybe not in the force, but well, yeah, it's different. Yeah, yeah. But it's my passion, and I, I I do I enjoy it so much. I really thoroughly enjoy taking and finding things and and displaying them on the shelf and yeah. even playing them. Of course, game collecting Let's, is quite yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Let's. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Yen. Go ahead. No, I guess that's the same thing. Well, we are getting too much echoes everywhere. Yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, I guess I was asking that because, like, um, how do you guys feel about this in terms of like uh, uh, gaming in this way? Like, if there was a game that you like, okay, let's just say Hearthstone was only mobile, only you know, was only mobile, and then you wanted to say some time later, come back after you're done playing that game and you sunk that much time and money into it and everything, you know. And then you want to go back and play that game. Then, you know, but hey, this game does not exist anymore. This server does not exist anymore. So therefore you can't get online and everything. Like what is the what is the feeling or what what would go through your head if you know like I spent like tons of money on on uh, something that does not exist anymore. Is it just like a matter like? Because I've, I've had discussion before with one of my buddies. He's kind of like, it's the memories, it was the fun, so it doesn't really bother me. But I take on on that you know value for to pay for something that may or may not exist anymore because it's only a digital realm. Which is why I personally find more confident like physical copies and everything. But I guess go ahead. Uh, you know what? Since I'm taking accounting courses right now. And we're in the chapter called Intangible Assets. So (laughs) intangible assets are incredibly difficult to quantify. So let's say, for example, you're doing research and development on something, right? 
You have this research portion, which is to find out new discoveries and to investigate stuff, perhaps for use in the future. And development is to create actual products with that technology. However, both of those cannot be quantified in monetary units. And monetary units are basically the lifeblood of all accounting, accrual accounting anyway. So basically you have to say, how do I value this research and development, this intangible asset, right? And I think video game spending is very similar in that I could buy something that I think I'm going to use, right? Let's say I spend fifty nine ninety nine on Bayonetta 2, for example. I bought that on release date, and I played through the game, and I probably played about 30 or 35 hours, right? And you wrote about it ad nauseum. Yeah, well, actually, I have a big, long review on it that I haven't published yet that I will Still? in the future. I didn't write much about Bayonetta 2, just one. But anyway, so I got my 30 hours of enjoyment out of it. I may return to it someday. I don't know. But anyway, I got my money's worth. Technically, the game is only about 10, 12 hours long, right? But I actually felt it was worth to keep playing. Most people probably would stop after beating the game once, but I didn't. I kept going up in difficulty levels and all that sort of thing. So in the same way, let's say you're in an online game, you buy or you pay, let's say, Blizzard $15 a month to play World of Warcraft, which I have done probably for the past half decade, probably longer. So if I spend $15 a month on top of these expansion releases and stuff, technically, at some point in the future, World of Warcraft will suddenly disappear and all of my progress will be forgotten forever. But I will remember all those experiences that I had, like playing the game with my family and, you know, always finding out about new lore stuff or finding new things in the game I didn't know existed, right? So there's a lot of complications that go into the idea of spending money on something that may or may not exist in the future. If we look at that theologically, that's pretty much everything, right? Except for heaven and Jesus and stuff. I mean, everything's going to be gone. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. The universe is in a constant state of entropy, right? Are they? (laughs) Will they? Will they? Some yeah, theologies, man. some some theologies ascribe to the fact that Earth will be restored, not destroyed. So, some people ascribe to it that we're that what we're doing, everything that we do, both vocationally, entertainment wise, and everything, will not be replaced but restored, which should be cool too. <laughs> that's, that's, that sounds like that sounds like preterism. <laughs> Ultimately, that's what, that's what it sounds like. But we won't get back into that. Just, it, it sounds like what I didn't hear you. You cut out. Seriously, what 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 does it sound like? Yeah, that sounds like preterism uh, uh, in a way, just in terms of what um I think table thing. So that's interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, but okay, I just wanted to see what you guys feelings were, were about that because, like for me personally, that was that was something that I was kind of like, paying what for what? And I don't really, and I don't actually have anything to show for it. Like for for me, that's like a big. Like, I like stuff on my shelf, so that's my that's more my own personal thing. So I just want to get you know someone else's take on about you know paying money for like you know, and then then having something on yourself at the at the end of the day. Yeah, I get I guess was what I was like. Really happy. I, try, I really try to understand that, so I'm just trying to but know, get a grasp. Of do your SNES cartridges still work? I mean, I'm just curious off the top of my head. Uh, um, I don't have my, my SNES plugged in right now, but uh, my stuff is is pretty dope, so it should work fine. Well, most of the my, I pulled on my mine do. Yeah, I mean they last. They're pretty durable. I'm not sure about discs. I don't know how long those last, but like PlayStation One discs that I bought recently have lasted like twenty something years. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah they they they. They do, yeah, so. Plus, the power of emulation basically means that no video game ever disappears forever. Yeah, yeah. Unless, it, unless it requires online, yeah. Yeah, and even then, like, people have been recreating servers and stuff. Like, if yeah, you so play, there's always that hope, yeah. yeah. If you want to play Fantasy Star Online right now, even though all of Sega's official servers are down, you can. Like, right, I heard about that, yeah, too. There's like, a bunch of dudes that set up an actual server to play the game on and it works fine. I've tried it out and everything. It's very strange what people can do if they're motivated enough. Yeah. 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 So 
I, I, can, I can dig it. I can dig it. Just have to help the old man out. <laughs> <laughs> He's not well-versed in the ways of the internet. <laughs> Back in the day when I was a boy, the, the internet worked on a series of tubes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, l- let me ask you this, Yen. I mean, how many times have you ever bought a game just out of total curiosity? I, I, I think... I think it's mostly safe to say that most of us go into well, unless you're Zachary, because we can stare at each other and he's holding up his hands and whatnot. <laughs> How many times have you bought a game yen at full price, not on a sale or anything like that, just out of pure curiosity or a game that you weren't sure about? Full price, mm. uh, very rarely. Uh, I think the past three years I only bought the NBA games at full price or at release date. Um, everything else, I normally wait. Uh, my console games, I normally wait for it to be on a sale or wait for it. You know, when it sits on a, it sits on the stores for two, three months, it gets knocked off a few, few bucks, and that's normally when I get my console games. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm an Asian. I'm, I look to, I look to see where I can save the dollars. Um, Steam. Um, you know, I, I, I wait. Way, for way to feed to into me. a stereotype there, Yen. <laughs> <laughs> way more games than I have time to play anyway. So after a while, you just stop buying stuff. So because you, you realize that, you know, your future investment is never going to come because you don't have the time to play all these games. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's why I, I pre- premium I, games. Yeah. I, I prefer to think of it as one day my my kid will drop me off at a nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I will I'll have, have nothing to do but play games. <laughs> then I'll have time. That's, that's how I view it. You know, I thought about that with movies, too. Then I'll have time to see all those movies that I've missed. <laughs> yeah, someday I'll play through Persona 4. You'll all see. <laughs> I think about that, too. Like, I think about, you know, uh, once I'm done with this, um, with this, this particular title, and, and hopefully it will it will blow up or whatever, you know, then I have time to just sit around in my draw and play, and play games that I haven't been able to get to. For, for research, no less. Yeah, for maybe research. if I become independently wealthy, right? I could just sit around and play every game. <laughs> Straight through. <laughs> You're independently wealthy enough to play four figures to Blizzard. Well, you know, that was because of gift cards and other random assorted deals and rebates. So technically, I probably spent more. But the sale prices mean I don't. I didn't spend quite as much. Ah, there's the truth. Cause, gotcha. Because Amazon was giving a 30% rebate on any pack buys that were $20 or greater. So every time I bought stuff, I was getting 30% back. So that was a lot more cards than I probably should have gotten. <laughs> it was like its own little game trying to figure out how much money I was supposed to spend <laughs> to get the maximum deal. Well, let, let's go down the list here real quick. Yan, uh, uh, let's start with you. What to you is the greatest value game that you have ever bought, still own, still play, don't play anymore? The game that you feel that you have gotten your absolute top dollar or whatever it is for, in Singapore? For me, it's absolutely Hearthstone because I spent zero on it. And I've, I've been playing for two years. So and, uh, it's, not, it's not just the, the game value, which is which I play for fun, but it's also because uh, it's now uh, part of a community, right? And I play Hearthstone with people. I get to meet up with people because of Hearthstone. I've made friends through Hearthstone, uh, and I'm doing all sorts of interesting uh, activities and p- perhaps potential evangelistic opportunities because of Hearthstone. And it's zero. I spend milch on it, partly because um, I've insisted of spending uh, no money on it. I'm, I'm one of those. Actually, the, re- the reason behind it is kind of funny because. Uh, Way back in the beta, if you spend real cash, you get this uh, you get this limited edition card. And back then, I was free to play, so I didn't get a limited edition card. So right now, I can probably afford to buy some packs if I if I, I have the cash to do so. But I'm like, I didn't get a card back then, so I'm not getting. I'm not going to spend any money now uh, just to and miss and so I'm stubborn like that. But yeah, for straight answer is half stone easily. Um, Justin, about- Ted, what's the most value prop? What's the biggest? What's the best value game you have in your library? Well, I'd have to go by recent history, not necessarily overall history. That'd be a little tough. But certainly, I've gotten a lot of value out of the uh, Sniper Elite series lately, and also its twin game, the Zombie Army trilogy. I've played those games for hours. So- How have you and I not been playing No Cross? <laughs> because 
I'm terrified. That's why. Have you but, never played the no cross mode? Is that the one where you're both both snipers? And you were talking about well, that one time. Yeah, it's or? a multiplayer mode. Both both sides can't cross to the other team's side, so you're you're left with sniping. Oh yeah. Well, it's I've so been playing the zombie one more than the Sniper uh, gotcha. Three, but but I would give it a try because people tell me I'm okay at this. I mean, I'm pretty good at the game, which I'm not used to hearing <laughs> in my life. But <laughs> and I do enjoy that game, and it it has certainly been a a good value to me. And now I compare that with say when I bought Shadows of Mordor, which I thought I would like, and now I I haven't really played it. I paid full price for it, and now I almost look at it like this chore. Like, boy, I really probably ought to put that thing in and play it because <laughs> I like, paid that money. <laughs> oh, gosh. How about you, Zachary? I'm going to guess it's Hearthstone. Oh, man, I have no idea. I mean, based off the money I spent on the thing versus the time played... I mean, there could be a lot of games. That well, it doesn't have category. to necessarily be time played. It, I mean, we said earlier, value is something that's right? subjective. Yeah. Like, to you, what has been the best value? It doesn't have to be time played. It can be probably, just the sheer enjoyment out of it. I would say probably World of Warcraft. I could probably tell you that many, many days of my life have been spent playing World of Warcraft. And yeah, based I think off a lot of people of, would say that. Yeah, based on the total combination of money spent versus time played versus enjoyment... I would have to say probably that. <laughs> yeah, but you also do stuff, right, when you play World of Warcraft, like a social life. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of yeah. like having a second world to visit. <laughs> yeah, those are the intangibles, the yeah. community part and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Plus, I got my whole immediate family into it at 2006, 2007-ish, and we are still playing it now. Nice. Yeah, and the new I think that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> so, I'm happy. <laughs> I mean, you spend fifteen dollars a month on that. If you go to one movie and get a popcorn and a drink, you've already spent twenty five dollars right yeah. there, and it's gone in two hours. What movie theater are you going to, and how can I get there? Because that is cheaper than the ones. Is in it Orlando. cheaper? Oh, well, I just yeah. was talking about one admission. So I if I go. Get, if I take my wife and my son, then it goes up to that's 50, still cheaper than Orlando. Bucks. Yeah, I don't even go is unless it? it's a matinee because I I can't even pay that. If you ever come to Singapore and watch movies, we have it like five US per ticket or something. Nice. I think the biggest value I've had, if you had asked me a year ago, it would have been Silent Hill 2 because I always replay that game every year. But as of uh, September of last year, there was this game that dropped called Destiny. (laughs) Yeah, I got Um, that when it first came out too. Yeah. Yeah, I have three level 34 characters on there and i still play prison of elders every week all four levels on all four characters plus crota plus vault of glass plus the nightfalls weeklies and dailies yeah you got a ton of value out of that oh dude yes i did (laughs) yes i did and i would say in my experience that particular game in terms of controls are spot on i mean that game definitely feels right when you are playing that game Oh, and, it's uh, aiming and and pulling the trigger and all of that. I don't think they could have done a better job than what I've experienced on that game. Well, and the, and the crazy thing is about it, I actually bought it four times. Well, that's twice. right. But I you had it on the, that deal, yeah. Right. Well, it, it was for everybody. If you bought it on the PS3 or the 360 before January 2015, you automatically got the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One version for free digitally. Mm-hmm. So. So I can I, so I have it on four consoles technically. <laughs> I actually bought it shortly after launch, and I did it as a download. I didn't buy a physical material, which is usually what I do. But I remember downloading and downloading and downloading. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my goodness, I'm not going to get to play this till tomorrow," which is what happened. But you know, it was worth it once it happened. Yeah. But I really should play Destiny one of these days because. So- it's my destiny. <laughs> because destiny. destiny. That's all you need. What, you have a question, Ian? Yeah, my question is, what's, what's the draw factor? What, what do you guys like? What do you get out of destiny? For me personally, it scratches that MMO itch without having to be as intricate as, as say, World of Warcraft, which I played from beta all the way through uh, um, Cataclysm. Yeah, good times. And... <laughs> So for me, you have clans, and you have many raids with six people. So it just it scratches that itch 
Um, the grind is not that bad. It's got that it's, halo kind of feel to it's it. It's got the halo feel to it. It has the, the precise controls on it. But more than anything, I, I and I wrote an article about this, which we can post in the show notes maybe, if, if Zachary will be so kind to do. But it also um, allowed me to reconnect with two of my brothers that I had not played with in a long time because I, they got a copy of it on the PS3 and we played for a few months together. And I spent more time talking to my brother about things during our game time than I probably had in the last three or four years. That's cool. So for me, it's it's a very community-driven game. I'm a part of a clan that we raid. We I get to know their stories. And for me, uh, playing video games isn't just so much for fun. For me, it's also a mission. It's also I, I engage each person intentionally. And I look at these people and... I get to know their stories. I try to get to know them a little bit. And as as it goes on, I hopefully things lead somewhere. If not, no problem. I don't force it. But to me, it's a very community-driven game. Very community-driven. You do get to meet people online. In well, online there's, there's, there's so many randoms, too, because the, the, the relationships you form in this game will last for a long time. The clan I'm, I'm with now, I met in November of last year, and I've been hanging with these guys since then. We just met up randomly during one night, and uh, yeah, we kept we kept raiding after that. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean that's the trend, right? For both Zach, Max, and you, notice that we get value not so much out of the game experience itself, but the relationships that form because of the games that we play with people. I think Justin is driving to work, isn't he? <laughs> I think yeah, he is. To work. Justin, what's the game that uh, for you has been the most value for your money? And not just time, but quality that gave you the most joy. Um, that's a hard one because usually when I – my heaviest gaming is during Christmas time because then I can get it off the gifts, which means I don't have to pay any money. So, so it's kind of a strategic thing. But if, if – the I think the thing that I um, – uh, just in terms of value of what I know it cost if I were to pay that, uh, even though I received it as a gift, probably be Final Fantasy VII or Dragon Ball Z Tinkai Ace 3. So I'm kind of sitting through those two. Those two, those two right there. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so Final Fantasy VII, I mean, that's just a blind hole. <laughs> You want to, you know, get everything. Especially if you want to beat Ruby and Emerald because that's just a nightmare within itself. Uh, if you want to get all the maximum material and all that, it's just a grind hole. Um, and, and there's also little things, too, where you replay it. There's better things to do to get things faster. Just kind of go back over and, uh, and experience that again, experience the story again to figure out what in Blue Hell is going on. For most are, of the are, story. are you excited about the remake? Um, I, I, I peed a little bit. Yeah, I, I peed a little bit. <laughs> a, little, a little spritz, you know. I, you know what I'm saying? It's just whatever, you know what I'm saying? I peed a little bit, yeah. You know, I, I was excited. So. Well, I, so. let me ask you this. Did you ever play the PC version that Square released that has the uh, fixed script? Oh, um, the only PC version that I ever attempted to somewhat play was the original PC version that came out like around like a year later after the uh, one for the PlayStation Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. The, the the PC version on Steam right now has the updated script, uh, and there's even a there's an, as a side tangent. There's a guy who spent five years retranslating it from scratch, including like all the items and everything. Um, Why so much so, dedication? Uh, he did it for his girlfriend. What can I say? And he, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I'll send you the links to the article. But the idea, the point is, is that. It's been fixed, and it, you can now tell what in the world is going on. <laughs> Wait, so you couldn't beforehand? There was, a, there was a lot of holes in the story just because some guy, some poor guy whose name I can't remember, had like two, three months to translate it by himself. It felt like it made sense. You know, I played it in 2012. Maybe that's why. Well, yeah. 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 So I'll play the original. I played, I think, at least maybe four or five times. Like two runs, I, I completed everything. Not even two or three runs I completed. So yeah, that's not time with Final Fantasy VII because that's not a very small game to begin with. Um, I was think I actually played three because oh, I'm a big Dragon Ball Z fan, and like so, there's a whole bunch of stuff to do in that. There's like these little challenge, these little challenge um, 
uh, battles you can get participate in, you know, where you can just kind of, uh, oh, you fight, fight this, and fight, you know, all the same. Then fight all, you know, so there's like a hundred of those. And along with the story mode and other and the tournaments uh, to get money, so you kind of grind a little bit to get money to unlock new capsules and things like that, you know, to to then update your character and make it more powerful or less powerful or whatever. And then you can switch between like three different kinds of um of um of uh, capsule sets because whenever you get a capsule, it's like a special ability, so you might get an item that that heals you or might heal your or might uh, raise up your key or make you more powerful or whatever. So you can have like different sets of those um three, three three different sets for those for each character so if you want this version of him you can hit you can use this version of him or this amount of uh, capsules or whatever you know so a lot of customization a lot to do and then there's little secrets like the red patora earrings these red patora earrings were like these insanely powerful um characters that really weren't meant i don't know what they were meant for but basically like you can go in there with like whatever you want and they'll just kill you. This is just the bottom line. So that's just fun. Nice. Just to, that's just fun just to like, explore with that anyway. So there's times where, you know, I would try to fight these things. This is five on one, mind you. Uh, five on one. <laughs> one of these guys, he can be like Master Roshi. He can be like Bob. He can be like, he can be like a civilian, you know. And as long as it's the red portora and earrings on, it's over, you know. So so um, just trying to, uh, to figure out ways to fight him and just, you know, like... Doing things like, okay, oh my god, getting killed, and then I use my um, my solar flare to blind my enemy, and then run away as far as I possibly can. And like the character is li- is literally looking for me, and I'm like in the ocean hiding <laughs> to play my next move and everything. Those are great memories too. But I probably spent the most time on it simply because what I would do is I would um I would put the uh, versus battle on watch, so I would just watch. <laughs> These insane fights, because the roster in that thing was like huge. It was like 120 characters. Yeah, it was Switching. insane. Yes, it was huge. And like really random stuff too, like like General Blue from Dragon Ball. Like, who's that? Or, you know, or, or Devil Man from Dragon Ball. Or even like some of the uh, uh, spin, spin-off characters, like a rally from a, a, a previous manga um, that Toriyama made years ago. No, it, probably at the same time as Dragon Ball was coming out, uh, uh, had come out. But um, it's like this little character called a rally and she's like a cyborg thing and yeah she's in the game for like just no reason right <laughs> so so um characters that weren't even that that had transformations that weren't even in the show like like um napa's great ape form you know you never saw that in the show you know and just things like that like virginia's dad's in the game so you can have all these fantasy matches five on five fantasy matches and just watch them fight and because the, the fighting was so close to the show and like things like if you had like Goku and then Vegeta, they can actually fuse in real time, either fusion, the 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 the, the earrings fusion or like the uh, um, what do you call it? The um, the other fusion. I don't know what it's called, but like they can fuse either one of them, right in, 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 in real time in the real battle and combine both life meters with both powers and everything and then just wreck the entire show. So, uh, hey, Justin, Justin, what game is this again? Uh, Dragon Ball Z, Budokai, Tenkaichi 3. three yeah. So so this was your favorite game? It, I don't know. It was just, like, just, by, <laughs> just I don't know. Just by the amount of time you've spent describing it to me, even I though I just about fell asleep halfway through it, tells me, <laughs> because I could care less about it, but I'm glad, but I am excited that you are excited. I don't share that excitement, <laughs> but I'm glad you're excited. Tells me it's your favorite game. Yeah, it's kind of like that anime fighter sort of thing where it's yeah, it's an anime fighting game. Yeah, so like kind of the Naruto games, and they're kind yeah. of not I'm, really fighting I'm, games. I could like, care less, but it's like, cool. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very glad you're they're excited like about fan that. Service. They're like, and Justin, uh, you may want to know that my my earliest gaming memories were playing the <laughs> Dragon Ball RPGs on the Family Com. I don't think they've ever been translated to English, but those were really good games. Were they in Chinese? I played them in Japanese. I oh, wow. I tried to make sense of the Japanese characters and stuff. So yeah. that must have made a lot of sense. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, but I read the Dra- I read the Dragon Ball comic, so I knew the plot. Oh, I just, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's let's because Zach, let's try to wrap this up because we're running a little long. Let's just go down the list here real quick, and I'll start with you, Justin, because you probably are going to jump out here because you're on your way to work. 
when you are look thinking about buying a game, what are the things that go through your head? What are the what are the things that guide your purchasing decisions? Um, is it fun to play? Um, and how long can I play? It's fun to play mechanics. What can I do with those mechanics? That's fun to play. How much time can I spend on those mechanics? Um, um, all that stuff. So I think about you know. The only time I care about length is if the game is fun to play because if the game isn't a long game that sucks, then I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, uh, so yeah, and, re- and like, and, and this doesn't mean necessarily like length, but it can be things like uh, replay value. So I play several games that are short, but I just like to play them over and over and over and over and over again because I just find them um, thrilling for whatever reason. How about you, Yen? What what purchasing decisions go for your games? You know, um, like two years ago, when I was much more active uh, writing articles and stuff, I used to buy games because I think they'll make good article fodder. Uh, but recently, I I actually haven't bought much stuff because I realized that I have a library of games I'll never clear. Um, I've only bought two games, I think, uh, this past year and a half. I bought uh, Dragon Age Inquisitions because I, 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 I wanted to complete the story. I played an hour and decided I don't want to use my brain so much so I stopped playing. Um, and I bought uh, Final Fantasy XX2 because I was worried that I was getting I was getting out of stock. And it's one of those games that you want to buy because you can see yourself playing two years down the road but I don't see the time of it now. So, yeah, so decision making is do I see myself spending some time on it um, if not immediately but in some capacity two years down the road three years down the road yeah and 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 those games that fall into that category are so few and far between I probably don't mind spending some cash on that how about you Ted uh, I've had a little extra time to think about this I think some of it comes from hearing what people are talking about and when I read about things. And I'm, I think I'm especially drawn toward games that seem to have these moments, these special moments that people describe or they give a hint of without doing a spoiler. And it intrigues me. And it, that's kind of what pulls me in. And I think about games like Shadow of the Colossus when I first saw that about just the moment of when you – when you killed that first Colossus and it goes falling to the ground. Colossi. And it just, it's yes. Colossi, Ted. It's the plural. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Great, thank you. You're welcome, Ted. <laughs> All right, well, anyway, as I was climbing on a singular Colossus and I was watching it fall singularly to the ground, it had singular <laughs> weight. And But it was an amazing moment, and I saw little bits of that maybe from an E3 thing. I was like, that has got to be a game that I, I want to buy and that I want to, to try out and play. So that's kind of what I was thinking for me was uh, moments like that. Zachary Oliver, owner and proprietor of TGN. Yes. What about you? Uh, over time, I've found that my gaming tastes tend to be more and more specific. So whereas I used to like more action-adventure games and like trying out the latest thing, I find that those are just total wastes of money. So I try to find games that have very solid mechanical interactions that both feel good and also have a high skill cap learning curve sort of so you know stuff like dark souls bayonetta a lot of blizzard games kind of have this repetitive thing too so basically that's how i have found myself spending my money as of late which is just towards things that i know that i'm going to enjoy rather than perhaps a reviewer telling me I'm going to enjoy it because I have found that no reviewer has been able to tell me in recent time that I will enjoy something. (laughs) You will enjoy Fallout Shelter. No, I will not enjoy any Fallout because I don't like Bethesda games. I think they're clunky and I don't enjoy them But it's free. It doesn't matter. It's it's time. Time is what is being wasted there. Have you even tried? What? Go ahead, yeah. Yeah, I know Zach well enough to know that he's like a fighting game player. Yeah. Uh, at heart, yeah, he's not a RPG player. He's not a even a platformer. He's just a fighting game player at heart. He plays games because you know the mechanics are tight, 
the skill the game evolves the more skillful you are he looks he looks for that that's that's the kind of gaming experiences yeah. he looks for I also well, like if you JR, want a game with like no JRPGs story too, and tight. Well, if you want a game with no story and tight mechanics, Destiny is totally your jam. That yeah. is totally going to be your game then. <laughs> I'm probably going to have to try it out, but I got other <laughs> games to go play first. <laughs> nice. I just I just want to wrap it up if you don't mind, Zach. I just want to I just want to say this. Um, what we sacrifice for, what we worship for, is what we sac. What we worship is what we sacrifice for. Whatever we spend time on money on and relate in sacrifice relationships for is what we worship. So I think it's important for us to remember both as Christians and even just, just as human beings in general, that what we choose to spend our time on our relationships with and, and our money on is whether it be video games, whether it be a car, whether it be uh, anime mangas and movies or whatever it may be, that is what we worship. And I think it's important for us to remember that as much as we enjoy our hobby of video gaming, which is why we're all on this podcast together and mm-hmm. freaking 12 hours apart for some of us, <laughs> which is amazing. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Is it 13? As it, well, it's, it's what? 9.19 in the morning there now, Yen? Yeah, it's 12. Daylight yeah. Savings. Yeah. Well, I don't know where you are, Zach. I'm on Eastern time. so I'm in Eastern time too. So yeah, it's 9.19 for us. But uh, <laughs> just just remember, I think it's important for us to remember that anytime we look at our, our gaming collection and 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 our purchasing decisions, and we look at seeing, okay, are we hurting anything? Are we hurting ourselves? Are we hurting our relationships? Like for like for me, I always have to remember because I'm married, I have a son, and I have four dogs, and the dogs are very important to me. And if my if my buying uh, my claptrap in a box edition is going to prevent them from getting dog food the next month, then maybe I shouldn't buy that claptrap in a box edition. But you know what? I could and still get them dog food, so I got my claptrap in a box edition. <laughs> I'll just pawn the dog. I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're really hammering the message home, John. I'm sorry. I just felt. I felt this is theology gaming network. We had to close with something poignant. Yeah. I'll shut up now, though. And yeah, can, I opened with a Bible verse. Don't forget yeah, that. I'm raising the, the, yeah. Well done, Ted. It's the, it's the old men who have to yeah. keep these young whippersnappers in line. Exactly. Yeah, yeah raise the skill cap. Back in my yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach, I'm done. Take us home if you want or continue. All, All right. right. This has been the Theology Gaming Podcast. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it today, everybody. Uh, we... Zach- we enjoy yeah. your interaction and support of the Theology Gaming Podcast, so if you'd like to go to iTunes and subscribe and give us a five-star rating, that would really help us a lot. Exactly. If, if you'd like to ask any of us questions, we are all frequenters of the Theology Gaming University Facebook group, which you can ask for an invite, and you can join automatically, and yes, hear Justin scream often. Every, every time someone joins the group, he posts a scream to the page. It's amazing. <laughs> All right, now it's time for shameless self-promotion. Justin, where can we find you? Um, I want I want Yan to do it because he has a sexier voice than all of us here combined. This is amazing. Like, like, <laughs> like <laughs> a sexy voice. Anyway, um, <laughs> goodness, I don't give a, I'm gonna get my script over to the Yan next time. But anyway, um, find me at um uh, at. Uh, release.com r-e-e-l-i-s-e dot com um, that is the site for uh, my uh, game that is in development and will soon be launching a Kickstarter for the next couple of months um, and you can also find uh, me at um, uh, elamon dot com uh, that's e-l-a-m-a-a-n elamon dot um, com that is a a reimagining of Christian art uh, that I've called Elamon. So if you want to contribute to that, you're more than uh, happy to submit your uh, artistic things. Will, will you? I'll tell you what. I'll I'll contribute if you send me a ringtone or or a notification sound of you doing different little screams and exclamations, so I can use them on my cell phone. I, I will like, do that. A living emoticon. <laughs> I, ju- I just want that high-pitched shriek to go off every time I get a text message. Oh, man. That'll be amazing. Work, and they called it RTD2. I don't know why they thought of that, but whatever. <laughs> and Mr. Clausen, where can we find you? 
Well, actually, um, I'm in a couple of places. Uh, the, the best place you can find me is I'm the contributing news editor for GameChurch.com, so you can find me posting there. I'm also on the Game Church City Facebook group page where I, I uh, help curate that community. Um, but actually, I was going to tell you this, Zachary, I have a new job as of tonight. Actually, I actually have a new job. It's only part-time, but I am now officially the producer for the Christ and Pop Culture Network. So uh, if you listen to any of the Christ and Pop Culture podcasts, uh, know that uh, I will probably be twiddling the knobs and helping uh, produce those podcasts as well. And last but not least, you can always find me on Inquisitor.com, where I am the uh, one of the contributing writers for tech and video game news. Man, you get around. That's I, I where try I go to for my, my tech and video game news. That's been <laughs> becoming one of my, my first sources, by the way. So. Uh, yeah. And you can follow me on Twitter at Alpha Bovine, A-L-P-H-A-B-O-V-I-N-E. All right, Ted, where can we find you? Well, mainly at work, uh, if you're looking for me in Charlotte. <laughs> um, yeah, you just find him on the street. <laughs> well, I'm in TED.com. I haven't contributed to my own website in nine months. But that doesn't mean it's not an active, vibrant site. <laughs> it's just not very active or vibrant at all. <laughs> so uh, you might find me more on Facebook on the Theology Gaming uh, University website. So that's me. Yeah, and uh, finally, last but not least, Yen, where can we find you, if anywhere? Yeah, uh, no, I've, I've stopped writing articles, except for, I oh. do have a Hearthstone blog, which is catered for beginners, so if you're a beginning Hearthstone player, look for mrwonghs.wordpress.com, I, I write a bunch of articles there for beginning players. Um, other than that, I'll, I'll pop by in the Game Church Facebook group, I'll pop by in Theology Gaming Facebook group. Um, yeah, hopefully, you know, work isn't that busy. Second half of the year, I hope I can join you guys a bit more often. We love now, having you. I'm going to be reading your posts. Are they in English? Serious question. Are, are they in English? Yes, yes. Okay, English cool. Is the, is the, uh, you, have you seen my old blog, Redeem Gamer? Oh, that was you? Yeah, yeah that's that him. Me. He is Night the Redeemed Gamer. Bulb. <laughs> I, wrote two, I wrote two articles for Game Church, uh, I think two years ago. And yeah. That's right. I saw you in the WordPress backend. I'm like, who is this guy? I haven't seen him write in a long time. That's you. Cool. I'm slow like that. It happens when you lose your hair. It only took an hour <laughs> and a half. Well done. Shut up, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going right. to sick my Colossuses on you. You better watch oh out. No, it's Colossi. I'm reading the New American Standard Dictionary, and it says Zachary, where can we find you? Uh, Where do you think? Theology Gaming. (laughs) Duh. My gosh. (laughs) Duh. (sighs) And on this podcast, and on TGU, like, all the time. Yes. Yeah, man. Where I find ways to taunt people into debates about meaningless things. Like Deus Ex and AAA gaming's being meaningful. Yeah! <laughs> and Brian Hall wasn't here, so we can make fun of him now. Yeah, yeah so I miss Brian and, yeah. and Josh. Yeah. Yeah, Josh is usually available on mornings. I don't know, that's kind of ambiguous, but early yes. morning. Morning U.S. time or U.S. or Singapore time? Oh no, yeah, definitely U.S. time. My, yeah, my my we used to do podcasts in my evenings and your mornings, Josh. <laughs> nice. Your mornings are my evenings. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, this has been the Theology Gaming Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to us ramble about things and. Uh, See you guys next week. Bye-bye. See you later. Farewell.